good morning, and I want to say especially a welcome to all three of our campuses. This is the very first Sunday that Elk River is receiving the message from Spring Lake Park. So what's up, well, Elk River and Maple Grove and Spring Lake Park? What's up, everybody? We are two weeks, two weeks from Christmas Day. Two weeks from today is Christmas. And there's a whole lot of activity, not only in our culture, but in jobs and schools, the communities around us as families get together. There's a whole lot going around. And, and, and when it comes to Emmanuel, we've been talking about capturing the wonder of Jesus and the wonder that's available to us during this season. We've talked about wonder being a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. There's a promise of wonder that's available to you and I this Christmas. And of course, thousand plus years before Jesus was born, the prophecy came out of what the Messiah would be and there were titles about who he would be. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it said, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called what? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. See, Christmas is an announcement of joy every year, and we have an opportunity to commemorate it. But I think it gets lost sometimes because it's just kind of the thing we do. It's like background music. We don't really think about it. We just kind of know we go through it. And uh, we hear stories. We tell, yeah, it's about Jesus, and it's about presence, and we kind of have it, uh, the busyness of activity. We don't pause to reflect on the moment of it. This is past weekend, uh, I was in our kitchen, and our oldest David and Jeff, who were both out of high school, and and uh, Timmy, who was in high school, we were all talking. They were sharing stories of middle school days. And, uh, you know, middle school is kind of like a crazy, awkward season of life where uh, your body is changing, and the hormones are going all over the place, and kids are mean to each other, and they're, they're fun. Middle schoolers don't sit still usually. Um, they're ready to keep moving. They're active. And uh, here my boys are. They're reflecting back, and they're remembering middle school. How many remember your middle school days, right? But here's, here's the amazing thing. We were laughing so hard, I was crying. I was crying because they were recalling with absolute clarity moments in their story of teachers and what they said and moments in their story and what people did. And a coach on the eighth grade basketball team that had like 45 kids and they all had t-shirts and, and they, they played this rap song as they would come in. He had big speakers brought in and, and they were remembering. And then David said the name of the song. Now David's been out middle school for six years and he remembered it and when he said those words out and he started rapping the words out we all just lost it I mean it was just fun it was as if he we were in the moment now friends I want you to know that when we remember the original celebration of Christmas it becomes present tense good news of great joy it's like opening a bottle from ancient Israel and experiencing the amazing story today. 
Today, we are going to look at the first Christmas story and discover how the wonder can come alive in our lives over the next few weeks in a practical way. Turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three books of the New Testament, are gospels. Those gospels are different authors talking about the same story. It's like ABC, NBC, and CBS. They're all giving different vantage points of the same story. Luke gives clarity about certain things that are important to him. And you'll even notice that he's, you know, he's a doctor, and so he notices specific things that only doctors would notice. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to who? All people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Here's Luke given his description, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now this is the epic story. This is the moment. And all of History up to that point was kind of pointing in that direction. Something was coming. And now we look back in 2016 and we knew something came. Someone came. The Son of God came. Can I get an amen? And there's this huge celebration. And of course, God is the one that put the whole story together. He arranged the factors, the, the people to be there. And in this good news, the good news that was coming wasn't just to be for a few select people from a geographic location on the planet. It was meant to be for everyone. There was no one to be uh, left out. There was no one that would not benefit from the story of Jesus. And look, I want you to see in Luke chapter 2, how many people got involved in his party, in his story. 
You know, look at it. He's got Mary and Joseph. He's got shepherds and angels. There's other gospels that talk about these three magi or wise men or we three kings of Orient are. We sing about. But people came into the story from a long, far away in the distance. There is something about how many people he wanted to be a part of the story. It wasn't just a couple and a baby. It was other people coming into the story. Notice the effort he goes through to get those people to the party. He sends stars for the astrologist to look and follow the star. He sent choirs from heaven. How many of you like that to show up at your job? He arranged for the Roman emperor who oversaw the whole Roman world to call a census so that Mary and Joseph would leave their town and go back to the very place that they were in in Bethlehem according to the scriptures. God went to great lengths to bring many people into the story. For God, the point is the people. See, God looks at a story, an epic story, and he invites us into the story. He wants to share the party. A party without people is missing something. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got a party in you. <laughs> See, you didn't know it, but you're included into his party. And for me and for you, you need to know this. Christmas is reliving the story. Christmas is reliving the story. Just as my boys and I relive middle school, when you talk and read about the scripture and you hear about the story of Jesus' birth, this is our opportunity to relive the story. To participate in the Christmas story requires different things for different people who are in the story. One of the characters in here is the shepherds. Shepherds are working class people out in the fields. And God begins to send the invitation to them, the news. In verse 15, it said, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened to them and what the angel had said to them about this child. Now, what did the shepherds do with the story. The first thing they did is they got curious. They said, let's go check it out. Let's go see this thing in Bethlehem. Then they said, then, then they said we're going to go look into the story a little bit further. And let me ask you a question today. How long has it been since you really looked in to what God has available for you? We're, we're kind of a passive culture. We're, we're accustomed to, Pastor Nate will bring the word this week. I'll get a little bit of the word, enough of the word, that will carry me until next Sunday or two Sundays away when I come, because I come twice a month. We're, we're kind of passive about looking into something. We trust that other people will look into it for us. 
We can get guilty of that when uh, we have spiritual people in our lives that are pursuing God, spend time with the Lord, and we almost kind of subconsciously want those other people to look into it for us. And we'll just go for a ride along. I'll be in the back seat, thank you very much. Or I'll, I'll sit shotgun, but you can drive the bus. You can go check it out for me. But let me ask you a question. Is it possible that there's some more out there in the story of Jesus that is available for you than you've actually looked into? Did you know that Jesus, actually when he steps into a life, he starts dealing with the individual by showing them an immense love for them that they could not imagine? People in our culture, they chase love in so many different ways. They want to be accepted. They're tired of being rejected. They're hurt by other people. And yet Jesus in his story, he comes into the world as a little baby and then he grows up to love us so much that he died on a cross for us and he loves us first even though we rejected him. And sometimes we don't kind of go beyond the surface of a story and we, we, we miss out on what's available. Did you know that in the scripture, there are so many promises that if we would just look into them, begin to talk to Jesus about them, that possibly there's an awakening that could happen in our lives. But we are not able to access it if we don't look into it, if we're passive about it. We're not actually reading the word. We're not actually spending time talking to God. Did you know he wants to hear your voice? At this time of year, there's a lot of introspection. There's a lot of thought and a lot of tiredness. But church, can I just say to you, could you just pause in your own heart today with the shepherds and say, I, I need to look into this a little more. Perhaps I need to, to, to stop going the path I've been going and just letting somebody else do it for me. And maybe I need to look at Jesus for myself. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need to look at him for yourself. <laughs> But then it says this, after they looked and they went and they saw the child, they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. In other words, they had an experience, but then they had to tell others about their experience. Everybody has a story. Your story is not my story. Your experience is not my experience. But the reality is, your story matters. And if you have a story, perhaps you've gone through difficult seasons of your journey, but has Jesus been faithful to you? He never leaves you nor forsakes you, and for some reason, when we mess up, he still picks us up. He takes our mess and turns it into a message. I don't know how it is, but maybe we need to not be afraid of our mess in our story, because in sharing the messy part of our story, we also get a message to share. Yeah, I did some things I shouldn't have done. Yeah, I was 
I was not too nice. Yeah, I was a jerk to people. And at my lowest of my lowest moments, Jesus still loved me and accepted me in. And I don't know why, but even though I have a messy life and I'm not worth choosing in my own mind, he still chose me. And so because he chose me and I have a story that may be similar to somebody else's story, when I share the good news that Jesus stepped in, I give hope to somebody else who's in a messy place that they too can have a messy message someday. Can I get an amen? See, your story matters to other people too. You have a story to tell. Tell your story. Everybody has a party inside of them meant to bring to the world around them, to share the wonder and when we capture the wonder, we have something we can give away. We can be joy givers instead of joy suckers. <laughs> you ever have somebody walk into the room and everybody's happy and then that person walks into the room and within about a minute and a half, they've sucked all the air out of the room. I don't want to be one of those joy suckers. I want to be a life giver. I want to breathe life in to the world that's around me. Now, to get there, we may need to do what Mary did. Look at verse 19. It says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. She pondered them. Uh, I love this. I mean, can you imagine being Mary in the story? That's a pretty epic position in the ultimate story. She gives birth to the Savior. And yet, all this stuff is going on. People are coming from all over the world. They're just showing up randomly. How many of you love to have random shepherds just show up at your doorstep? Choirs are breaking out. People are showing up from other lands who have, you know, incense and myrrh to give away. And they're just showing up around them. And yet, it doesn't say that she overreacted. She didn't build a, her own for-profit business out of it and sell photos of her and Jesus and sign them. What did she do? She, she pondered it. She thought about it. She went introspective. You know, I think it's okay at this time of year to think about things, to really, truly think inwardly to consider what's going on in the heart, to consider what's going on in your mind, to consider Jesus. Some of you are perhaps introverts. You're not the extrovert type. You don't need to feel guilty about that. But maybe you are one that already introvert. You think internally about those things. And we may need to think about those things. And we may need to think about our own personal story and our history and how it affects us. How many of you ever read the Charles Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol? Or you've seen it on TV or in a musical or a play, A Christmas Carol. Well, Ebenezer Scrooge is the main figure in the story. And Ebenezer Scrooge has an issue. And so in the book, the author spins the tale that there's a ghost of Christmas past who comes and takes him and shows him as a child and what experiences he had gone through before. And then there's the ghost of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas future. 
Now today, we could kind of put spiritual terms on it. The Holy Ghost of Christmas past, the Holy Ghost of Christmas present and future. But let me, let me ask you to look and think like the story of a Christmas carol and what Ebenezer Scrooge went through. Perhaps you would go back into your story and consider how your past experiences influence how you interpret Christmas now. See, the, the reality is, is that in our culture right now, the highest level of depression is seen during Christmas. Almost 100% of the reasons for that is that it happened somewhere in previous Christmases and those emotions are kind of welling up during this season. Mary thought about it. She pondered what she felt about Christmas in her heart. I want you to consider in your own story how maybe some of how you presently feel is impacted by your history. Now, many people that know me know that I'm not exactly the most Christmassy guy in the world. I'm a, I love Thanksgiving. Um, I, I think Thanksgiving trumps Christmas historically in my life. I look forward to it. I'm a one holiday at a time kind of guy. No Christmas trees up till after Thanksgiving, that kind of thing, right? Now, not everybody's like that. There's some Christmas crazy people that are into Christmas in July. Hello. They're putting the, the displays up and they're getting all warm and fuzzy feeling because for them, Christmas is exciting. It's something to be thrilled about. And um, I have been on a lifetime journey of avoiding Christmas. I just kind of get by it. I'm not really interested in it as much. You might think that's funny because I'm a pastor and Christmas is a big deal in the church. I know the gospel's a big deal, but the, everything else that's around it, I haven't necessarily by nature gotten excited about Christmas, presents and all of that. And uh, just before Thanksgiving, uh, Paul Kelly, our executive pastor over operations, and I went over to Dr. Lori's house and we had a meeting. And uh, as we were coming in the front door. I walked in, this was before Thanksgiving. Lori is a crazy Christmassy person, okay? So her first thing she says to me is, I'm sorry, Pastor Nate. And I said, what are you, what are you saying, I'm sorry? The Christmas tree is already up. <laughs> and she was already changed, she had a Christmas music on and I think she was changing it or something. And, uh, and it, you know, I laughed a little bit, but then the Holy Spirit kind of did something in me because I realized, I went, why did she have to apologize? What about me is shutting down the party in other people? What is it that is going on in me that prevents me from experiencing the capturing of joy that I've been talking about? And so... Over the last month, I've been praying, like Mary, pondering, asking, what's going on inside of me? Now, some people, then they go down there, they go, what's wrong with me? Instead of saying what's wrong with me as if I'm either I'm a functional person or I'm a dysfunctional person, and there's no in-between, I'm asking, what about my story prevents me from capturing the wonder right now? And as I do, I'm discovering for me that there are things in my Christmas past that I need to address. As I was growing up, 
we didn't have a ton of money in our family. And so Christmas was not this big deal that we worked for, looked forward to for months and months and months. We, 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 didn't, we didn't really do that. We, family Christmas shopping was like the day before Christmas. And that's where I meet everybody you know, in Target or Walmart by the card section that's already, already been picked through, getting the last minute Christmas cards and stuff. And so it wasn't something we looked forward to. And then we didn't, we, we get, you know, socks and underwear and, you know, everyday stuff. So it wasn't something I couldn't wait to see, you know, what color my socks were going to be this year. I wasn't really excited about that. And then I don't remember, I don't remember my mom being excited about Christmas. Because in her own personal story, she grew up in poverty in northwestern Kansas in a boxcar turned into a house. And her Christmas tree one year was a tumbleweed. So my mom's story led to my story. And I realized that inside of me, maybe I've kind of pushed away from it because it brings back negative memories. So what about your Christmas past is sucking life out of you this year? Is it bad experiences, failure or loss, or the rejection of a loved one during this season, or disappointment or loneliness? What is it that's there? And then in your Christmas present, let me ask you a question this year. What would help you capture the wonder now? How might the story of Jesus unlock the desire to share the wonder with others? Might, you might need something. You might need Christmas joy mentors. Hello. You might need some lorries in your life. And instead of, listen, by the way, when you're like me, the people that are over the top with Christmas bug me internally. Because I'm like, oh, they're into Christmas so much. You know, everything's just... Well, maybe those are the very people that need to teach me. For me this year, my wife is teaching me. She's more into Christmas than I am. And I'm learning to be okay with it instead of shutting the party down in my wife. And uh, this week in our Christmas party at, for our staff, we, uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Allison, put the party together and they asked the whole staff to wear their ugly Christmas sweaters. I've never owned a ugly Christmas, I've never owned any Christmas sweater. And so my wife goes out, my joy Christmas joy mentor, goes out and she picks up a sweater. And guess what I wore to the Christmas party for the very first time as a 45-plus-year-old person? I wore this to our Christmas party. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I'm saying is I don't want my past to be my only predictor of my future. I want to recognize why I am where I am and then begin to look to people who have the joy and let it become a part of my story. This year, we can all capture the wonder and relive the story of Christmas. While you attend work parties and family get-togethers over the next couple weeks, or shop for presents, or put on your ugly Christmas sweaters, and exchange your white elephant gifts, I want you to remember that the main point for you is not having a good time. It isn't surviving your in-laws gathering. The main point of Christmas is people. 
It's the people around you. If it was important for God to draw people into the story, it's important for you and I to connect with the people around us. People are God's greatest treasure. It's why Jesus came. It wasn't the stuff at Christmas that made the first Christmas special, and it won't be as we relive Christmas this year. The star on the top of a tree reflects the star in the story of Christmas that led the wise men from the far east. That star was a big deal, not because stars are a big deal. It became a big part of the story because God used it to direct people into his story. Angels became a big deal, not just because they could sing heavenly, but because they brought announcements to the shepherds. Your gifts, your cookies, your tinsel, your buying, your wrapping of gifts are not a big deal unless they bring other people into the story. See, it's the stuff that points to the people, not the point altogether unto itself. Today, we have an opportunity to take a role in the story, just like the angels and the shepherds and the wise men. But let me ask you a question in participation. What if the angels didn't sing? What if the shepherds kept quiet and didn't tell anyone about this amazing announcement? What if Mary and Joseph said no to God? What if they said, this is too much emotional pain. Can we get out of the story? No. They had a responsibility to stay in it. And you have a responsibility to join the story too, to stay in the story. Turn to the person next to you and say, stay in the story. So today I'm going to ask you to do three things. The first thing is this. Join the story in your heart this year. Join the story in your heart. Determine to relive the story of Jesus and embrace and capture the wonder. Instead of letting the history so suck the life out of you, can you instead choose to go, you know what? I'm going to give the joy. I'm going to be connected to people this year and embrace the wonder. At every Christmas gathering or moment that you have, look to share the love, the joy, the interest of Jesus to the world that is around you. Secondly, I want you to invite the world around you to the experience of Capture the Wonder here at Emmanuel. Our uh, door hosts have some invitations. I'd like them to begin to pass out right now. And you're going to receive these this morning. And, uh, and you're going to get them and uh, they're going to be wrapped up in a rubber band. I don't want you to take them out of the rubber band. I want you to actually take one or two stacks if you can. Because this is your opportunity, like the shepherds, to share them with others. This is like a reverse offering. We're giving you something back today. So take it out of the bucket and uh, pull it out if you can. And this is what I want you to consider. Pulling it out. Keep them, keep them in the stack. You can take one or two, and we're going to have more available at the tables outside. The whole goal for us is we've got a number of services that are coming up that are Christmas experiences, and uh, we want to share the wonder. In fact, I want to show a short video that kind of gets you started thinking about other people becoming a part of the story. Watch this video. Wonder. Haven't you wished for it your entire life? To be fulfilled, 
to be engaged, to be present, what would it be like to have it again? To have that innocence again, that joy again? What if it could be reawakened, reignited? What if you could be re-energized? What if all you had to do was capture it? So here's the idea. The idea is how can we help others capture the wonder to see and experience the story of Jesus uh, we have on the back side of the cards, you will see some of our service times that are coming up. All identical services on there. And uh, I don't want you to think about this year, which service do I want to go to only, but who can I bring with? We have about a 70 minute program that we're gonna have that's high energy and moving and it's multi-generational. Kids can be a part of the story and music, everybody loves Christmas music and an opportunity. But we're gonna present Jesus as in a simple way where people that come from the outside looking in could just glimmer or glimpse at through the window, peer into the story of Jesus. And my hope is that they would want to join the story, that they would see Jesus and they would want to come in. You have friends and family members and co-workers and neighbors who have a choice of what they're gonna do over the next two weeks. And maybe, just maybe, this is the time that one invitation in your hand to them will be the difference maker in their 2017 and their Christmas present and their Christmas futures. I think we can all accept the role that we have been given as carriers of the greatest invitation of all time. So I want you to join the story in your heart, to invite the world around you to be a part of the story here at Emmanuel. And then third, I want you to pray for the wonder to reach those around you. Is there something in your heart that just desires people who are struggling? You know that Jesus would make all the difference in the world. Isn't there something in you that says, if Jesus was just part of their story, it would be different? Do you have family members? Do you have neighbors, friends at school, people around you that if Jesus was a part of their story, something would be different, there would be hope for them? For me, it is everything in me that says, yes, I want my world around us to know Christ. Now I gotta share the story for them to see it and experience it. You have someone else's invitation in your hand right now, and it's yours to give away. I'd like you to stand.